Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. And we're off. Welcome back once again to the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. This is Webisode 20. Recorded December 2nd in the year of 2020. We have been through uh, Thanksgiving and we are turning the corner towards Christmas. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are all out there having having a great holiday season. And, um, uh, you know, despite all the weirdness, I'm hoping you're getting to, getting to spend some time with your families. And... Uh, and so we're we're spending time again uh, this week with uh, I think our first returning guest. It's not our first returning guest. No, uh, uh, Amori. I'm Amori. Oh 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 oh, Yusuke Takashiki. Yes, that's not how you pronounce it, by the way. And I don't no. think he, you, every single time I say never, it that way, literally he never super got it right. Pissed at me. <laughs> our second returning guest is a little easier, to much pronounce. easier to pronounce. Patrick King. Patrick King. Thank you, thank you. Thank I did you. I did do time in Japan, though, so you can, <laughs> you can, we can dwell on that. No, that's going to be a fantastic podcast when we do the crossover Pat Keen, Yusuke Takashiki. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's an I in there. So I always want to say Yusuke Takashiki, but it's not pronounced Yusuke Takashiki. It's Yusuke Takashiki. But there's like this weird pause where the I should be. <laughs> You, you know, you know what I I'm do. Talking? I do, and I look forward to meeting Yusuke. Because you we can like do the podcast Japanese. in Jap, proficient, not fluent, but proficient. Yeah, I mean, I can get by, and I think the two of us could have a lovely podcast. And we're definitely doing that. We're we definitely weave in and out of you know. You're going to need to get a hotel room down here that night, though, because okay. Yusuke is a drinker. Okay. What the I'm, hell would I do? I can't understand. No, yeah. but I mean, well, just we weave watch. in and out. Just watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, we do some surfer like like a little ping pong, like just some surfer talk. Yeah, okay. Dude, brah, when were you in Japan, dude? That's great. Come in. <laughs> I, yeah. I love it. It would be awesome. And it's then good to we'll be back. It's good to see you. It's good that Yusuke did it twice. I can't wait to meet him and uh, do this episode tonight. Yeah. Well, you know, Pat, thank you so much for being here. And not only did Pat come back, he brought a friend with him. And so uh, welcome, Mona Ray. Monterey. Monterey. Oh, it's okay. Again. It's a weird, it's a very weird name. No, so. see, here's the thing. No, it's, it's a tradition that I have to mispronounce the name right. of all my guests on the show. He's mispronounced two in the last three minutes. Monterey <laughs> and, Martinez. And you, he, he mispronounced your name earlier. Yeah. And yeah. you've known him for 30 years. Yeah, I called you Josh. Yeah. Shh. Shh. Has, uh, no, actually, actually, has, has he gotten him. anybody right? <laughs> and my good friend Ryan Hatt. <laughs> there we go. Good That's evening. Ryan. Yeah. Is there a story why there's no second, why there's no H on the end of that? Jo- like I lost it in a in a poker game. <laughs> I found out his name is Joseph. I had nothing else to throw in. Oh, is it Joseph and then F? Yeah. You got F. I got uh, Joseph with an F. <laughs> no, no, my dad and I'm the third. Joseph okay. oh. Emmett McGinty, the okay. third, as a, a fellow Irishman, as Patrick Keane, and dad and grandpa were Joe, and my mom absolutely did not want to name me Joseph. Like we have two Joes. Joe's right. a boring name. I want like Gil or something like cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you got the gr- great like George Clooney gray. Like you look. That's a good looking gray you got on your head. He's I, aging very well. Yeah, that's a I, real nice. I, I dye the tips. Gray like I dye the oh, tips. Oh, you do? Okay. No. 
yeah, to, to look more sophisticated. Right. I mean, there's a job on CNN waiting for you right now. <laughs> That's funny. Do I look that old? Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> God. No, but you were asking for great comics. This is one of them. That yeah. Came down Thank you. So uh, apparently, I mean, I've spent I, I've I spent the last three and a half hours with you, Monterey. Oh, thank you. And um, not only are you funny, but you're smart and you're extremely interesting. And so I'm I'm stoked to have you on the show. Thank you. Um, you have your own here. podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? It's called the Shamic. Uh, it's called the Shamic because it's uh, it's basically like part shaman, part comic, where I kind of infuse like spirituality and comedy together because I feel like. Most spirituality stuff, the people are like, they're annoying. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, our dimension and our spirit. And nobody <laughs> listens to people like that. So I feel like as a comic, if I'm like, hey, this is how you do it. Like, this is how you fucking manifest. People will listen more and they'll be like, oh, okay, I get meditation now. I mean, it's something we need right now, too. People sure. need it. So it's a perfect time. Did you start it in COVID? Did you start your, uh, I started, your podcast? Mm-hmm, I started it in COVID. I... I had always like had the idea like in my head, but I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And then I was like, well, now I have all of it. So I, I think of shaman. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no idea what that is. I picture a shaman as someone who's putting like animal. I think po- of shaman, I, I but I have of, no backing to that statement. Don't squeeze the shaman. But I, yeah. When I think of shaman, I think of like people throwing animal parts in a pot and stirring like counterclockwise. Yeah. Like what is a shaman? What so what basically kind of man like is that? ancient what tribes? Is that? Yeah, I was like, it could be a fucking. I know. I see you may cover that at this. Basically, a shaman is like someone who like works. They use uh, either like drugs to like alter their consciousness to step into like other uh, dimensions, basically. And once you step into other dimensions, you learn how to energetically like heal the body. So like a lot of like our say like if someone has cancer, like cancer is because you have inflammation. Inflammation is usually caused by just like trauma in your body. So shamans like learn how to like actually like work with energy and then they know how to like heal you and they make you, you know, take ayahuasca or acid or whatever. And then, um, but they're basically like witch doctors. That's like the best way to sum it up. Well, I, so, I mean, that's a great segue into kind of what I wanted to talk about because this is a drinking show. Yeah. Primarily, we're drinking on this show and we always kick off the show with with kind of a little booze knowledge. Yeah. Witch doctor. Witch uh, <laughs> <a> doctor. <laughs> so today we're not we're not going to focus on that because um, because our guest isn't a big drinker. Um, Drinking so, still is going on. Right. right. Yeah. We're, we're drinking. We're, well, thank you, Pat, for breaking the uh, third wall. Lest, you, lest you're worried, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we are in fact drinking, and the lava lamp is in fact burning it's brightly. on, and I really like it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a beacon Yeah, for all the lost souls in the world. Exactly. It, that's yeah. kind of how we roll. Right. Um, we kind of try to be, you know, a bright light. Mm. Um, because there's so many dark lights in the world. Absolutely. Um, and there's so much, you know, kind of like sadness and bullshit out there and right. so everything about the show we try to we try to keep it bright and light for sure for all the lost souls in the world this is I mean, our we, best effort yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have it's, it's a symbol lamp. it's a symbol it's, yeah. more, it's much more than just the lava lamp it's a symbol and and that's kind of what, what we're about here and so that's why I'm really excited to have you on the show tonight to kind of talk about um you know, because we we've spent a lot of time talking about alcohol, mm-hmm. and um, but I I you know tonight I'm I'm I'd like to talk about maybe the alternative, right? Um, 
And we can talk about alcohol because I mean, it is a thing that we've done. And I happen to know that you were on a podcast in October yep. with a very, very famous person in the alcohol industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it hasn't been that long uh, that you've been kind of, you know, and I know that you were a bartender and, yep. and um, you know, as a comic, uh, I'm sure that, you know, you, nobody's born a comic. Right. And nobody's first job. Well, if, if your first job is comedy, then... You know, more power to you. But right. most people find their way into comedy. For sure. And I know that you found your way there through the hospitality industry, which is a very, very common right. kind of vein into the heart of comedy. Right. Um, and there's a lot of drinking that goes with with being in the hospitality industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, so let's start there. So you're not drinking now. Mm-hmm. Is it because you you drank so much while you were a bartender or whatever you kind of like got to a point where you didn't want to drink anymore or I mean what what was the conscious you know choice you made to why aren't you drinking tonight for sure um, I definitely like I mean I definitely was a, a fun drinker I'll say that like I never had like a problem where I've gotten pulled over but if I did I would definitely have I've pro- like. I would have racked up some DUIs for sure. Like there's been tons of times where I'm like, oh, I just woke up, you know, next to McDonald's wrappers and I have no memory of like what going to the drive through. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Uh, so I definitely am a fun drinker. Uh, and I worked in bars and stuff for so long. And thank you to the many alcoholics who have like supplied my life. Um, yeah, there's. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, we're applauding for ourselves. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we're applauding for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. There's like a part of me like it's hard because it's like I do like to drink and I am like a scotch drinker and I'm like very proud to drink scotch without fucking ice. Uh, so black label was your yeah was your. Uh, mm-hmm. I always drink black label. If I gateway. If I was buying it, I buy black label. But if I'm not buying it, then I'm like, give me Talisker, give me like Glenlivet, like I'll I'll go stuff. fancier. Um. But yeah, so I was just like, I stopped drinking because this past month I started doing psychedelics. I mean, I've been doing this past year, but, and you know, when I was doing psychedelics, they were like, um, bitch, you have to stop drinking. And I was like, I was arguing. I was like, no, come on. Like, I want to drink. I want to have fun. And they're like, you have to stop drinking. And I was like, why? Who, who's there? Are you saying this is mushroom you versus this, sober This was you. acid me. Yeah. Acid. Yeah, acid yeah. you was telling you that you, that you had to yeah. stop drinking? Yeah. They were telling me. So when I do psychedelics and like everybody has the potential, you know, to have, you know, a spiritual trip when you do psychedelics. But the reason why a lot of people don't is because you're with friends. You're with friends. So you're distracted. You get in conversation. You start talking, whatever. But if you go by yourself and you just like lay down and they'll they'll come like they will. I think obviously it hits people like different times in their lives. But when I I was doing it and the very first time I ever tried acid, these like little energetic things that just looked like electricity just like came down and they're like, hello, how are you? Just start like talking to me. I know I sound like a crazy person. Um but it's uh, it's very it's it's very very real. Okay, so so before we start talking about the little crazy, yeah, electric beings that showed up, yeah, I, I still want to talk about you know kind of like you kind of drawing the line with alcohol, right? Um, and you were mentioning earlier like comedy. You're out. You're doing comedy, and I know yeah. that alcohol is a big part of that lifestyle. Oh, for sure. You're out at night. It's late. You're trying to like 
deal with your own nerves, especially when you're new in comedy. Right. And but you're you're not new. Right. right? And you get paid in drinks. Like, you know, it's right. like free uh, drinks, free drinks, free drinks. And not only that, but it's like watching other comics, they're boring. You know what right. I mean? Like there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Or you've seen their set so many times and you're like, you're still bad. So it's like I have to drink to like get through it. And I'm like, well, maybe you'll be more interesting the more I drink. <laughs> Um, and, and after you've been there for three, four, five hours, right. then you got to drive yourself home. Exactly. Cause I don't care what level of comic you are you have you, to you're going home from the, the, from the tonight show. I mean, you know, Pat's been on, you know, late night TV. Did you have a driver or did you drive yourself home from that? Show? Yeah. We had, uh, we had a driver. Oh, you did. Well, you don't have to show <laughs> off. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, maybe when you hit the big, big. Uh, yeah. I got hammered actually. Yeah, we didn't was, know yeah. there was an aristocrat on the podcast. <laughs> but I mean, the majority of the times you're driving. Driving yourself home yeah, from your own game. for sure. And, and not only that, you want to drive yourself. You don't want to wait for an Uber, and then he's going to talk to you, and you're a girl, and he's like, Ooh, what do you do? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. shut up. So a lot of the times, I just always drive. And I drank and drove. Not proud of it. Obviously, I never got in a car accident, so it's like I didn't kill anybody. But I'm surprised because I, when I say, like, there's so many times where I've drank and drove, like, where I don't remember it, it's – it's a lot, like to the point. So there was a big part of that. You were making a conscious choice, like this is my career, this is what I'm doing. I yeah. can't kind of entangle like getting drunk and driving home yeah. from like it's not sustainable as I a know, profession. Yeah, right. I know so many comics who have DUIs, and like one of my, I was at a, I was at like a part, not not a party, we're in COVID, but I was mm. at a comic's mm. house, and there were some other comics there. <laughs> we all got tested. Stop judging yeah. me, uh, but they. <laughs> They, we were like talking and they were like, oh, I have a DUI. I have a DUI. I have a DUI. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is, that's a huge thing. And like, I don't have $10,000 to get out of a DUI. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, it's 10000 if you just plead guilty. Right. And you, you want to get a lawyer, fight it, do the whole thing. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Can you paint us the picture mm-hmm. of acid you mm-hmm. and today you right like i've always been super i mean i'd say since like 2013 2014 is when i started like meditating and i think most people i always hate telling comics that i like meditate or like okay you're gay or whatever <laughs> but the reason why it's like if you come from like tr- like i grew up like my dad you know was like super abusive like trailer park trash like my mom was like she's not a whore she didn't make money um, but like she always had when you guys talk, well I don't want to say that yeah, well, yeah. we were talking about people <laughs> earlier and like just go through men or whatever my mom was like that but I was like pick a rich one something yeah. um, but like both my parents complete neglectful like degenerates and so like I grew up like I mean child protection services were always calling on us I was like living in shelters we didn't have a car we took buses everywhere like I went to like 14 different so like when people are like oh, I, I grew up poor I'm like no your parents were divorced stop like yeah. I grew up actually like poor like food stamps like again no car no computer like you know couldn't go on the field trips because like, I had like no money so I so when I came out here I moved out here when I was like 17 from Buffalo, Buffalo. New York I don't think mm-hmm. we mentioned that yet. oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm from Buffalo home of the Bills and Niagara Falls and chicken wings respect me I mean we can uh, talk about all of those things yeah so. Um, but yeah, so I came out here when I was 19 by myself and I, then I just was in survivor mode. And so I never had time to be like, am I okay? Let me like take care of myself or whatever. And then I'm in my thirties and I'm like, Oh, I'm so fucked up. And then I was like, all right, I got to meditate and heal. So that's, that's interesting. A part of the story. I mean, what brought you to Los Angeles? You came from, from Buffalo. Yep. 2006, you came out here. Yep. 
And you came out here to follow your comedic dreams of being hilarious? Yeah. I mean, I came out here because I knew I wanted to write and, like, direct. Were and... you doing that kind of stuff? I mean, were you, like, in the- – were you a theater kid? I mean uh, – I did do, like, drama, but basically I would handwrite scripts when I was younger and I'd make all my friends re- – I'd bully them. I'm like, you need to have your fucking lines right. memorized by do tomorrow. Do it! Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, can we just play Barbies? I was like, girls, <laughs> yeah. let's go! You're not winning all any awards. All of a sudden you turned into Ethel Merman. Yeah. I was a psycho. Right. And like they're like, I can't read your handwriting. I'm like, you're out. You're not in the movie. <laughs> um, That's so funny. Complete psychopath. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I would make little musical. I was just constantly like, doing something, and I was like, I'm gonna borrow my neighbor's video camera. I'm gonna get it to Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I'm gonna be in one nice. of their. Like I was just obviously completely out of my mind. Um, so yeah, I always knew that I wanted to do something. So what? You just like one day up and just like, yeah. I'm moving to California. I I always knew it. I was gonna do it. Going to so, Hollywood. Yeah, when I graduated high school, I worked like three jobs. I worked overnight at a gas station, worked at a diner, and then I worked doing housekeeping in a motel, and just like saved up my money and then drove my car. Me and my best friend out here broke down, took a Greyhound, and landed in North the County. Ultima. Awesome, an yeah. Ultima. Uh huh. Exactly. So, Right, Nissan Ultima is the move to oh, drive across the country. Oh, she was in an Ultima. You happen to know she was in an Ultima. Yeah, I listened to a few of her podcasts. Oh yeah, did a little research. definitely. A little, little deep dive, huh? When did the panic come in? Because people who are going for their dream, mm-hmm. it's a dream. Yeah. And you you're in bed and you're writing and you're thinking about it. And it's it's two weeks away, ten days away, three days away. Were you like in like Tempe, Arizona? Like how close were you to crossing state line? You're like, oh my fucking god, I'm doing this. I mean, it's got to be scary, too, right? Yeah, it's terrifying, but I think the blessing is that I did have such a shit upbringing, and both, I didn't, you know, I didn't have, like, love or, like, a good childhood, so it was, like, really easy to be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, for sure. Right. And if for no winter. other reason, the weather. Yeah. yeah. You're like, exactly. What am I going to do this shit here? Yeah. I mean, let's cold. be honest. Buffalo, New York is literally the shittiest place in the United States. <laughs> it's pretty bad. And I mean, in the well, in the winter. Yeah. In the winter. If you're Not an alcoholic. Because okay, in the summer, it's somewhere in Florida. Yeah. Right? But yeah. there's not much going up. I mean, it gets, every time there's like Stormwatch Buffalo in midwinter, it's like negative 40. It's like seven feet of snow. Who wants to be the weatherman in Buffalo, New York, covering like the snowstorm of the century? Yeah. People, and I I always say, I'm like, it's a great place if you're an alcoholic because it's like, it's winter seven months out of the year. So you're like, well, there's nothing to do. Sit in the bar. Yeah. Do they have video poker? Uh, I think so. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. There's casinos and stuff out there, but it's like, People are really nice out there, and it's a great city to be from because then everything in your life is so much better once you leave. But uh, I, 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 it's not a place where when people live there, I'm like, guys, you know you can leave, right? Hello? But, <laughs> yeah. And so you were just, you're, I'm, you're out of here. Yeah. I was like, bye forever. I don't care. How long did it you. take you to dig your car out of the snow to, to leave the driveway yeah, to start? A half hour, <laughs> at least. A half hour of the morning. And I was like, dude, I was like, why do people do this? I was like, you live here. Right. Why? Florida's down the street. Are you serious, by the way? You didn't make your break in May. You didn't, you, did, you didn't leave in one of the months of the year where it wasn't snowing? Uh, no, I left in December. Of wow. course. I mean, yeah. she was yeah. like, you Leave know what? I'm peak not shittiness. doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. I worked the night before. I worked overnight at a gas station, like literally worked at 7, got off at 7 a.m. My car stalled, and I was like, ah, it's fine, and then picked my friend up, didn't tell her that my car <laughs> stalled, and I was like, let's go. And then my car wasn't like, she was like, dude, I'm put, I'm flooring the gas and like, we're not moving. And I was like, it's a four cylinder. It's not a Mustang. And she's like, no, for real, it's not moving. And then my car just like stalled out. Um, 
and we had to hop on a Greyhound, and we just we just did it. Ooh. Oh wow! So you didn't end up driving. You Mm-mm. you greyhounded out. Yeah. I mean that is it doesn't get any. I mean that's like literally the story. Yeah. Did you tell me you stepped off the bus on on like Hollywood Sunset. Boulevard? <laughs> no, we stepped out of the bus on uh, what's that homeless area? Well, where, where did you go to the ground station Street downtown? Road. Yeah. So oh, we were downtown. downtown. Okay, yeah. So it's all fun. home. There's like crackheads oh, yelling yeah. at strip, me like strip. you fucking bitch. Skid Row. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Skid Row. Skid Row. Welcome to California. Yeah. I was like, well, my dad's no different. I was like, okay, hi. Uh, and then we went to Orange County, Santa Ana, and her dad lived in Orange County, and her dad like just got out of like prison for like small white collar crime, and I was like, whatever, he lives in Orange County, we'll be fine. Yeah. And he forgot to pick us up because he was like gambling or something, so he didn't. We our thing landed at three in the morning, and he came at eight in the morning, and he's like, "What's up, bitches?" He's like, "Ready to go horse to the horse track," and I was like. We've wow. been on a bus for oh. five days, oh. and we just we went and got pancakes and went to the horse racing. Ch- and wow. we, How were the we pancakes? Like, want. Okay. <laughs> Chocolate chip. They Los Alamitos or uh, Santa Anita. Santa Anita. Yeah, we went to Santa Anita. Santa Anita. Exactly. And I think her dad like want. And he used to just have like all these credit cards. And he and I never went out to eat like growing up as a kid. I think I went out like twice with like my grandparents. And so he just like put everything on credit cards. And he would like take us out. And I was like, dude, I was like, I'm fucking made it. Yeah. And then he's like. Going to jail for yeah. I don't know embezzling money. It, or did you ever look at that the was credit, cards? credit card fraud? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me. Wasn't his name? Yes, sir. Who's yeah. a, who's Alexa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Did he have a lot of driver's licenses? <laughs> this yeah. isn't even in English. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think they put California driver's licenses. This in was this written language. on a crayon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those greyhounds. I mean, that is yeah. the test. The, the, the greyhounds. Oh. I have to be honest. I've never been. <laughs> I've alone. never done. Have you not? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's everybody's in sweatpants. I've done not trains. the good kind. You know. Yeah. Oh. Is it worse than trains? Yes, absolutely. Oh, greyhound is oh, like yeah. people. Everybody there. It's like they're criminals. You know what I mean? There's no way that everybody's not a criminal. <laughs> you on have a to think one out of three is on the lamb. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Cash yeah. plays. You can ticket. There's definitely like one of those places where you fall asleep hugging your luggage. Oh yeah. And the bus, so they make these layovers, and so there's no, it's not, you know, it's not this thing where the people will automatically move your bags and stuff for you. Like they won't. Yeah, (laughs) you. There's no porters. Yeah, there's no butler. Like, when's lunch being served? How is the charcuterie board? Yeah, Yeah. it's literally so you have to train. So mind you, you don't stop at like a hotel. You can't brush your teeth. You can't shower. So we just you're only allowed to bring two bags on the bus. So like we layered up with everything: our shirts, our clothes. Like I have like three layers of pants on, five layers of shirts, like necklaces, whatever. Because I'm just trying to bring as much stuff and not have to put in my bags, and. So when you go from place to place, like four buses drop off at a time, but only one comes at a time for the next leg. So you are fighting with all these criminals and all these monsters to get onto that next leg. And I'm 19 years old, like super skinny. And I made it the first time every single time. I was like, I will fucking bite people. Just all elbows and teeth. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I'm a fucking witch. And people were like, oh, she's creepy. I'm not. But I was just like doing anything. I don't know. I have witch and the devil drawn (laughs) on my notes. (laughs) I can't believe you already called her the devil. (laughs) Well, no, but I was going to introduce her, you know, Monterey, you know, the uh, comic, first place, Los Angeles, you are funny competition, moved to L.A. in 2006, gigantic worshiper of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Uh, He's my man. Yeah. 
Did and you keep the same driver? I, I I've always had this dream of yeah, trying he stays to go across you. country on a great. Oh no, it's two yeah. different drivers. <laughs> yeah, different driver. Where yeah, you different start, buses, different driver. Where, where yeah. you start your bus journey? They introduce you to Phil. Yeah. Do they do a little then, bio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Phil stays seconds. with you through yeah. eighteen stops. Switches you meet in his St. Kids. Louis. Yeah, and then right into Los Angeles. Yeah. Every passenger has that service. We had a bus driver one time. He introduced us to. Yeah. Introduced. My name is. Jim, by the way. Yeah, so we called him Jim, by the way, the whole time. <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy taking us in New Orleans, the shuttle from the uh, airport, which is uh, Louis Armstrong Airport, I think. And then he takes you kind of downtown into the, uh, what's the market? What's the main strip of? Uh, Bourbon Street? N- Bourbon Street, that whole, what's that section called? The French District. French District. French, French Quarter. Quarter. French Quarter. And he takes you in, and he, he's, he's the way he has to drop you off, he has to drop off about seven different groups at seven different hotels, and they're all really close. So people are like, can't I just get off here and cross the street to any? And it's like, no, you have mm. to get off. And he, and he said these words, <laughs> and it was so funny. And I don't know if he's being serious or what. He's a, he said, uh, uh, he said one person going to get dropped off first, one person going to get dropped off last. That's just the way the cookie bounces. <laughs> like, the cookie he, bounces. He combined. I think that's he mixed fantastic. his. Yeah. yeah. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, bounces. I don't care if you're serious. I don't care if you're <laughs> making a mistake. Yeah. That was phenomenal. I want to keep in contact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to keep in contact. Who was the weirdest person you saw on a cross-country Greyhound There wasn't one person who wasn't. You know what I mean? Me and my – when we first got onto the bus and we were late, and so, like, there was no seats. Most – everybody was toothless. So most people didn't have their teeth. Um, But I would say that – there wasn't anybody who wasn't suspicious, you know what I mean? Like there was def- one of all of them. Yeah, yeah. There was the axe murderer. Yeah, there was the pedophile for sure. And I was like, let me not have these like pigtail braids in. It was literally a Simpsons episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. like a nineteen-year-old with yeah. pigtails. Right. Yeah. Like, and I was like, mm. vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to Hollywood. That's why I mean, it's like it's the story. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the story. And then we, I, I, I pick, it's like as soon as you got off the bus, the pimp approached you. And he was <laughs> he's like, like hey, hey girl, I can yeah, make you a star. It's the poison I mean, did that happen? Video. I got to yeah. know. Yeah. No, but the it was funny because like literally while we were on the bus, we entered the California state line on New Year's Eve. And so they're like the flash. They try to flash the lights and make it like celebratory. They're like, we made it. Uh, but when we first got off the I got I landed in Orange County. So when I first came here. I didn't do anything with LA to like the next year later, okay. but Orange County was just culture shock. Very in safe though. I mean, yeah. it's safe. It's vanilla. Super it's safe. Like very. In fact, you were in Aliso Viejo, which yeah. is where we're, report- we're recording the podcast. Right. And when I first moved here, the town was only seven years old, and I was like, "What?" Right. And I, I remember, I thought we were in a giant, like, gated community. Cause I didn't. It was like I had never seen anything. Like that. I'm from the city of Buffalo. I'm not even from the suburb. I'm from like the city. So it's like you know all the buildings are. are abandoned and on fire. And so when I moved here, everything's like the houses are like brown, tan, orange. Like everything's perfect and manicured. Right Stepper wives like, hi John, yeah. how's the lawn today? It was like the Truman Show, and I was like, yeah. there's just families and everybody has a car. And so when I went to the, the gas station, curtain. I was like, this is so cute. They have their own little gas station in the gated community. <laughs> and I was like talking to the guy and I was like, hey, how do I get out? And he's like, what do you what do you mean? And I was like, how do I get out of the like gates like that we're in? And I was like this little community. And he's like, you're not in a community. He's like, this is Orange County. And I was like, what? And he was like, take Molten all the way down. He's like, and you're going to hit the beach. And I was like, this is just what it looks like. And I was in complete shock because I had never seen anything like that my whole life. 
That's great. I mean, her, her first impression of California was the suburbs. Police yeah. Oviedo. Of Orange County. County. So, yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's not the, the best. The suburbs impre- of Orange County are pretty good. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's super beautiful to the point I thought it was fake. I was like, this <laughs> isn't real life. Like, this I must is- be on a set. Yeah. You have to understand, Jeremy, she's coming from a place where she literally saw a tire on fire. 200 days a year. And it was yeah. negative 40 degrees. Right. Yeah. And now it's, it's are we, st- we're still in December. Now it's 70 degrees yeah. and, year round. And it's 70 degrees. Yeah, it was like palm super trees. Super sunny. Yeah. Everybody had like a family and every, uh, all the mom's hair was like brushed and perfectly done. Let's and not celebrate like... the families. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like this is, I mean, we, we got to breach the subject because yeah. it's something we kind of touched on a couple times now. And I feel like it's a big part of your story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we can go into it to whatever degree you're comfortable with, yeah. but obviously, like, there's some darkness in your past, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You've referenced it. You didn't have a happy childhood. Yeah. So, like, what? You didn't have a happy childhood. Tell right. Me, I mean, tell yeah. me about that. I mean, when people, it's funny because I feel like everybody says that, and, like, then when I hear their thing, it's, like I said, they're like, well, my parents were divorced, or, like, my grandma died of cancer when I was 12. And I'm not saying any of those things are not whatever, but it's like, uh, not to be competitive, but shut up. Um, You're kind of competitive, yeah. and you win yeah. at the and bad I, life like, thing. Sorry, I beat you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, like my my dad was like abusive and like a drug addict and like an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and my mom, like every relationship she was in, the guys were like very abusive, like physically or sexually. So it was just like my whole life was just like chaos and abuse and um neglect. so your 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 move out to, to california was like was your great escape really. yeah exactly oh for sure i mean still to this day i think my dad's I, I don't think he does drugs anymore but he's still i haven't like talked to him in like 12 years but my mom's still like she'll call me like once in a while and she's like dude i was on fucking k and like <laughs> i was listening to the grateful dead and i saw a son and i'm like Mom, do you have a job? You know what I mean? Like, I parent her. Like, so it's, I'm I'm always like, dude, I don't even know what I would be like if I was there. Like, was your mom, like, the one, the mom, like, in fifth grade with, like, a crop top, like, belly ring? Yeah. Like, well, she was never, that's the whole thing. Like, she was never around. She was always, like, she would just, like, go off and, like, be, like, with a dude or something. And I was like, hello, I have homework and, like, I need dinner, apparently, they say. Like, she was just never around. So, I'm like, supposed to have three meals a day. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if you know this, but you have kids and apparently we need, like, food and shelter. Uh, but, yeah, she was just super irresponsible, which was, like, again, made me who I am, but when I was young, I was like, I would like this whole love thing I keep hearing about. Um, and yeah, I, I never got it. You know, Are I you- think that's a very interesting thing. And I didn't even realize I kind of was going to talk about it until mm-hmm. it just came up. But like, I think a lot of comedy comes from pain. Yeah. You hear that very commonly. And, but, but Pat's a very funny guy. And uh-huh. I don't think your comedy comes from pain. Eh, Pat's a little broken. The little, yeah, the, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But, like, but I mean, not not like that, right? Like, <laughs> no, no, you no, have no, a, no, you, no. you don't come from like a broken home, you know. No, I, I think it can definitely come. I I think it can definitely come from a happy place too. Yeah. Right, sure. yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good point to make. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. you don't have to be broken to Absolutely. be artistic or funny. Yeah, a ton of art comes from that place, for right? sure. But yeah. it doesn't have to be. Absolutely, uh, it makes, one it makes you one comments. with your user. Yeah. You know, your audience. Did you just you know, go Tron on me? Maybe a little bit. This is wild. Um, no, <laughs> this is I think wild. I think if you have, uh, you say some things, you know, about how you became funny or why you might be, and it, it relates to your audience because they're all broken too. I mean, Well, everybody. people, I mean, the, the human condition is to be broken, right? right? We're all a little broken. For sure. 
And and I mean, and that's kind of what except we've been, Pat. Except Pat. No, Pat is, seems very happy and and yeah. comes from a, a great background. It's got a but great trajectory going. I mean, it's yeah. all good for Pat. Well, seriously, Pat's shoes are sixty dollars. I mean, <laughs> hey, Pat's rolling he looks right warm. now. They're cold. Yeah, he looks right. warm cold, and cold. comfortable. Yeah. 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 But you could even come from a good home and still be a fucked up person too. You yeah, know what very, I mean? Like for people sure. think, you know. Well, look to your left. Why are you looking at me? That is <laughs> very weird, you guys. Yeah, but a lot of the funniest people, like one of my, well, he's like an ex, but he's super fucking funny. He's probably the funniest person I know, and he's like genuinely like happy, and his parents are like the most amazing. I'm like, why are you this funny? I was like, who molested you? Tell me right now. And he's like, I never got molested. I'm like, you never got molested. And he's like, no. Like you won't leave him alone about it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, somebody molested you. So I'm going to pay someone. I like reenact it and start tickling him. Is this? familiar yeah. he's like no, no nobody did this to me That's but so he's hilarious funny and it's just like yeah it has to come from no yeah, you put on like a plumber it. outfit like does this yeah is, is this, this bring back something hey, hey josh snapping the rubber glove on <laughs> yeah josh uncle? was your uncle a Tell plumber yeah. <laughs> you know that i mean uh the same thing happened to me when i went to rehab for the third time yeah um <laughs> they constantly wanted to know why yeah. <clears throat> Where were you touched? What was your pain? What was your and it was like, you know what? I just liked it. Yeah. There wasn't I didn't have that. Right. It doesn't have to come from that. Absolutely. I wasn't burying pain. I wasn't self-medicating. And right. they wanted me to be so right. badly, you know. Cuz that's the only system right. they know. Right. They're like this cuz they could cuz they could tell me about that. Right. Like they could they could talk to that. Oh, well now we can talk about that. And right. it was literally for me it was like, you know what? I just liked it yeah. and then I was addicted. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, did they ever? Hit, did they ever? Hit, quick aside. Did they ever hit an, a dead end? They were like, I just like being high. Like, would well, you ever was, like? Did you want to hear that? That you, wasn't. That, it didn't work. Well, it, it didn't work like that. That leaves there. them nowhere to go. Yeah. Nowhere yeah. to go. Yeah, exactly. Have you yeah. tried Same it? Thing well, with, no. With any kind of trauma, yeah. they want there to be a reason. Right. And if there isn't a reason, then it's kind of like so. Like, well, like for, a, somebody they're going through like, an anomaly. Are they going yeah. through like He's the grad a funny school books? comic with no like trauma? You right. You know what I mean? And we want there to be trauma in in, in right. an artist's background. You know, but a lot of comedy is intelligence. So it's like if you're just smart. You can write good jokes because comedy is just like word surprises. You know, it's just. Well, and at the end of the day, comedy is is being funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so you have to be. Isolate that. You have to for be a minute. funny. Yeah. You can't just be broken. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's Mitzi Shore, the comedy store, I think, looked for broken. Didn't, yeah. I mean, you'd be better off speaking than I. But but I think when she and Letterman talked about this and so did Seinfeld and Shanling, where it's like they didn't she didn't like us. We weren't broken. There's nothing yeah. like. She wanted Kinnison. She wanted Louis Anderson. Very you know, she wanted She wanted uh, Sandra Bernhardt, stuff like that. It's just a higher well, percentage. I well, think. And, 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 you know, I mean, there's, there's, people can empathize with art when, when they can, people connect with art when they can empathize with it. Right. Right. And so when art does come from pain, it's easier to empathize with maybe f- for a lot of people. Right. And so maybe that's what she was, she wanted. She wanted her comics to be, you know, broad reaching. So she wanted that empathy there. She right. wanted it to be, you know, ac- applicable to, to the modern day person. Right. You know, I, I feel your pain kind of a thing. And, um, and, I, and that, that is a thing. I mean, all, I think that that happens whenever we can connect to something on an emotional level, you know, we're gonna it's we're gonna make it that much more important to us. For sure. And so, if we were trying to market something, we would want it to be you know, 
Yeah. Can, sell, can, sell to the masses. Right. You know, it's it's emotion is marketable and it's it's easy for people to, to connect with. Right. When right. when you're trying to to write, you know, um I, I'm a, a creative writing major and I, I like to write stories. Yeah. And you know, pain is easy to write from. For sure. Um it's it's the most accessible a lot of times. Yeah. Um and it's people can empathize with it. Right. You know, because everybody again, the human condition is pain. Right. I mean emotionally. Yeah. But we can in the but the, we don't have to like dwell in it. And right. that's why I want to get back on that track. Yeah. You know, the human condition is pain. We all have trauma. Right. We all come we all have things in our background on varying levels. Right. You know, maybe yours is worse than mine. Yeah. Uh you win. That's like Thank you, you know, so you much. Know. Ring the bell. <laughs> but I wanted. Just tell me I want. Just what I want to talk about is kind of like where we kind of how we triumph from those things. Right. For sure. And um and so you you bailed on on New York. Yeah. You're like I'm moving to California. Mm-hmm. I'm following my comedy dream. Yep. And um and that's awesome. But also like some spirituality. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little psychedelics mm-hmm. that go hand in hand with the spirituality. For sure. And so let's talk about that. Let's yeah. get to that. Because, like, you know, we talked about the arc right. at this point. You know, you've you've gotten to California. Uh, you know, you, you 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 worked in the hospitality industry. You know, you're do- you, you started to get into comedy. Um, because when you first got, how, how long did you live here before you got into comedy? Um, I started, I did sketch an improv for my first seven years and then I started doing stand up. So I didn't start doing stand up till I was 27, which is te- considered late. And you got, you, you just got tired. I mean, I listened to a couple of your podcasts and you yeah. just got tired of working with other people and trying to keep, have them like have to keep up with them or have them keep up with you. Right. I just felt, I was like, no offense. Most people who do improv, God bless their hearts. But I'm like, you guys are just dorks. Like and you- improv and comedy are two different things. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think I mean, improv people are really are going into acting for sure. Fundamentally, like they're trying to hone so their skills, yeah. they're just like to get to the emotion, right? Whereas, like comics are comics, right? Like, and uh, for sure, and there's so many. I, I want to diss it because I know some incredible, amazing improvis- improvisation. And you can be a comic and be a great actor. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of really but good, you, but it doesn't go people. the other way. You can't yeah. necessarily be an actor and be a great comic. If you right. if you are an actor, I highly recommend that you experiment with stand up comedy. Right. It will make you a better actor. Right, right, right. For sure. But yeah, there's so many good people who do improv, but the people who are bad at improv are way worse than the people who are bad at stand-up, in my opinion. And so I was like, I cannot be around this. And I, it, my teacher actually was like, do you do stand-up? And I was like, no. He's like, you need to do stand-up. He's like, you're Which is so funny because a lot of improv people kind of like hate stand-up. People. Yeah. Because it is. It's like, there's no I in team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind exactly. Of but my teacher, well, I was very happy because it was like, you know, you, he's like, you know, you're a stand up. And I was like, I, he's like, why, why are you here? And I was like, well, because, and he's like, go, What's, you need to go. Is it anywhere? Where? Second City. I did Second City nice, and Groundlings. Nice. They, yeah. can, they can kind of smell it because you try to maybe take over the scene. Yeah. And, and it's like, whoa, you're, this is all about give and take. You're, yeah, you're trying yeah, to yeah. dictate the whole, the whole friggin'. I would plot. literally tell people, no, no. They're yeah, like, yeah, you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to say no. I'm like, no, no, that's bad. That's bad. They're like, you can't <laughs> say no in the scene. I was like, well, it's yeah. bad. And they're like, you, you shit, can't shit. do that. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I did three years at Groundlings. Oh, nice. Same, yeah. same, you know, eventually it becomes like. Jeremy also clearly was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's me, me, me. 
You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you give us... I'm going to edit all that part can, out. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> course go, me, me, me. Yeah. Can you give us a little taste of the, the night before your first open mic ever? Like, you're right. Did you sleep? Did you... Um, how long were you working on it? I, th- I mean, I did sleep. I, I never get nervous until it's like the moment before. So like even if it's something where it's like, you're going to go to Disneyland tomorrow. Like I'm never like, oh, my God. It's like right when I'm I get very in. nervous right before I walk in Disneyland. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, but I mean like excitement or nervous. Like yeah. I don't have that feeling until it's right in front of my face. So if I, I never get nervous like the night before or anything like that or even the whole day of, I'm like, oh, I feel fine. I feel fine. But then when I'm at the place, I'm like, okay. I, the, I mean, the first five times that I did stand up, each time I was like, why am I doing I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this. Like, it was so, I have no idea how I even muscled through it. But I was like, there's no way. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. It felt like the same thing when I did skydiving. The same exact feeling where I was like, why am I doing this? This is so, so stupid. Why do people think they could jump out of a fucking plane? Well, so wait, wait. Don't just even to get put a fine kind of like a point on it. Yeah. When you first moved out here from New York, mm-hmm. were you moving out here to be an actress? No, I was moving out here to do like, com- yeah, kind of like because comedy it acting. Because like you were moving out here to do stand-up. Yeah, I wasn't moving to do stand-up. I secretly wanted to, but I wasn't like open about it. But I like deep down wanted it. But it, I looked at stand-up comics like rock stars. So I was like, so I just specifically, like it. What did you see yourself doing when you first got out here? Like, Waitressing, of course. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> not freezing. I, I wanted to do not comedy, freezing. but just not stand up. So okay. I wanted to do comedy. So I wanted to do like improv. You're sketch. a funny person. Yeah. So I knew I was going to do comedy, but I didn't know that I would really do stand up. Okay. Yeah. I have two questions. One, in it's 2020, right? Is it still hard to be a female comic? Like, is that still a thing where you? It's like women aren't funny, and then. You know, are the hardships and, you know, people like being lame to you. And then second of all, you mentioned earlier you dated mm-hmm. a male comic. I can't imagine that dynamic of like being with another comic in a relationship. Right. Um, two alphas. Yeah. Two, right. Uh, goddamn right. I'm funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think I don't think it's harder to be a female comic. I think it's just hard to do to be a stand-up comic in general. Everybody's being judged the same, and everybody gets trolled. There are certain times where it's like walking to your car. Like I have been followed. Like there's like little things like that, but that's not necessarily about being a female comic. That's just being a female in general. So like whether I was in comedy or not, I would deal with that. Um, but I do think sometimes it's like, no matter what, like I have been in green rooms before where I'm like, okay, these people are a little aggressive or like creepy or something. But normally I think it's pretty, it's pretty fine. But in life in general and like whatever thing you do, you're going to deal with something and it has nothing to do with being a comic. You know? I mean, I, ha- yeah. I have to comment on her, like her gauge, you yeah. know, she comes from a pretty gnarly background. Yeah. Right? So her her like gauge of what the fuck is inappropriate for sure might be a little skewed. For sure, that's the thing too, because there's a lot of times where I hear women being like, "These people are so creepy," or and I'm like, "Oh, it's nothing." But then I'm yeah. like, then when I think about it, I'm like, "Oh, maybe because you know from where they are." Yeah, I've had way more trauma. I'm like, "Oh, that's not even bad. You got groped. Shut yeah. up." You know, I, be I don't complimented. Know. Well, you talk oh, wait, about no. doing your your style of comedy. Yeah. 
to the wrong audience. Yeah. And, and, and you, you uh, in fact, I was listening to one of the podcasts and you literally thought someone fell in the middle of one of your shows yeah. because the gasp from the, yep. from the audience was so profound yeah. that you thought there was like somebody had fallen. Yeah, I was like, oh, someone's having a heart attack. And it was literally because one of your jokes was like about abortion. abortion. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And it was in Vegas after a rodeo show. So <laughs> all these literal cowboys in the audience and I was like, said something about abortion and everybody was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, somebody fell. I was like, oh, Oh, no, and I'm like, oh, they're gasping at me. I was like, my <laughs> I joke. Don't know. I'd I, never seen a reaction that like so that. Funny. My, my respect level just went through the roof. Like it's, I mean, because that, ha- I mean, that's you funny. have to understand that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not making this up. It's a well quoted thing, but 50 percent of the audience should be horrified, right, at what you're saying. Right, but like, that's why I always tell 50% people. Fifty percent like, should love you. Fifty percent should be horrified. Right, like well, that's the line I want to live on. Right, right. how does that sound as a, as a professional mean, comedian, Pat? Is fifty percent of your audience what you're looking for? Or? Um, <laughs> I, you know, it depends. I, I like to. Uh, I like more than fifty. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the marker? I like eighty like percent. Yeah, that I do. I do like. Depends on the joke. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I I like uh, a moment where. People are like, oh god, that like got a little uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna push you a little bit here, you know. Right, gonna, again, a little bit. Art. Yeah, yeah, art, yeah. art yeah. makes you yeah. feel something. Yeah, I'm right. not here to just make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. No, right. you're, you're and that's learn. what comedy is an art. Right, right. Yeah. You guys are artists. Yeah, and if you're doing it right, you're making people feel. Yeah, feel, something. think, learn, persuade. Right. Exactly, and that's what people don't get. Like, people will come up to me sometimes and they'll be like, "Oh, you're you're a dark comic." But then people who've actually been through stuff, they'll be like, oh, you were really honest. And I'm like, yeah, not everything is going to be for you. So if you grew up in a happy family and never were abused or never, you know, grew up poor or whatever, I might not be your comic. So it's like, but how dare you think that it's not funny when there's so many people who went through the same thing I went through and they're hearing my set and they're like, oh, my God, finally, someone's talking about this and making it funny because most of the time. You know, people don't make that stuff funny because it's like awkward and you're like, but that's the whole point is you have to make it funny because then it's always going to be awkward. You just made such a great point. I never really thought about that before, but like niche comedy. And and when I say that, what I really mean is comedy in general is – is that it's 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 a it's a it's a release of of steam. Right. It's an allowance like, oh, my God, they get it. Right. The com- that person on stage gets my pain or gets whatever it is and 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 like they made light of it and are allowing me to laugh at it For sure. and like pss- there goes that whole like all yeah. my steam right and that's such a great thing because there's like dick and fart jokes right right and that's like and it's fine sometimes people that just is wanna... you know that is what it is yeah it's well, funny because it's like we all have dicks and fart and it's you know, simple, and you don't have to think. Almost everyone. But yeah. <laughs> comedy gets better and better the smarter it gets. Right. That's right? why Jeremy never made it. Right. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But I get it. Wow. Like I get it. Hidden I get compliment. That, that it's, you know, that, that comedy gets better the smarter it gets. Right. Because it's at that point, it's really just nailing it. Yeah. Especially when it comes from pain and and you're nailing at somebody's pain and and you're allowing that person to be able to to get rid of it or to right. be able to in that but, moment like 
experience happiness instead of pain. Well, like that's 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 a, a form of genius. I mean, it really sure. is, so. and that's what all art in in the total world I think is is the the best art is that art that allows us to like feel something in ourselves and maybe get rid of something. Yeah. You know, maybe allow ourselves to kind of a, a moment of peace. Yeah, that's literally how you transform something. It's like you can't when you go to therapy, you go to talk about something so you can transform it. So when you think about your dad beating you, you're like, OK, I understand why my dad beat me because he went through an abusive past or whatever. And that's how you transform it is by understanding it. Once you understand something, it doesn't hurt as much. And that's what you do when you hear a joke is it's like you hear it and you hear about an abortion joke. You hear about an abuse joke or, you know, a, a rape joke. And instead of thinking of rape, you now think of the joke. And you're like, oh, that was funny. You're like, taking uh, control of it. Right. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of a weird parallel to draw, but I got to make it. It's kind of like the N word. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Is they took that and they're like, I'm not going to make this is not no longer going to be a word of pain for me anymore. Right. I'm not going to let you fucking subjugate me anymore yeah. with this right. word. I'm yeah. going to just, this is now my word. Yeah. You're not allowed to use it. For sure, yeah. You know I, mean? I, I agree. Richard Pryor talks about that word and he says that word's got nothing, you know, after his trip to Africa, he says that word's got nothing to do with us. You know, he's telling yeah, yeah. people, black people, white people, that word's got nothing to do. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a yeah. beautiful moment in a stand-up if you listen to that clip. You know, but if if like Pryor had a, had a messed up past and or, or a difficult past, yeah. oh as God. have you? And I and I think uh, if if people have endured what you've endured, then then we can hear about it. Right. You know, if exactly. you've been, if you've been through it, everybody can hear about it. Right. So. And that's the whole thing is like I always try like when I do because like people will probably listen to this and I'm like oh that's not gonna sound funny but it's like when I do it I never I never focus on the pain I'm giving you information only through the joke so I always make sure it's a punchline through the information so i'm never just like well i was raped and then just people are like jesus oh, christ yeah. it's right, not life right. you know what i mean because that's like that's intense there's a way to like do it where it's like but you got to be really smart and crafty to be like how can i say what i want to say about rape but make it really funny to where people aren't uncomfortable but actually make people be like huh okay i never thought of it like that and it's like then you kind of did your job that's where the well, intelligence comes from you're you're and a lot of times you're saying what they're already thinking. Yeah. Which is like you don't even have to be that smart. You just have to be <laughs> in touch and in tune with like the human condition well, for sure. and, and vocalize if, it. If you crack a joke that is for one particular person that had one bad event in their life, mm -hmm. you're you're never going to get out of Arkansas's chuckle hut i can't probably use the word chuckle hut because that's actually a real thing <laughs> but um but you're, you're never going to go that far so Lone, you're actually been that's the club in arkansas i know i don't i don't, <laughs> don't want to say a real name uh -huh. um uh but if you They'll if you crack a joke that if, if you write a joke that's to help one person or to make light of one one thing it, it's not so it's, clearly this is a common phenomenon that you know people have a, a specific you know, emotional trauma or anything that comes in. And so and you're actually connecting to a ton of people. It's not, you're not connecting to one person. That The reason it's funny or the reason that people giggle because it affected their lives is because it's broad. Like that, it, it went to a lot of people. Right. You know? My favorite jokes are the ones where I was like, oh my God. I mean, I think everyone's favorite jokes. There was like, oh my God, I thought that my whole life, but no one ever said it. I never uh. heard it put into word. Well, it's like, <laughs> in, it's like inventing a new product. If you can come yeah. up with something that you thought about, that no one's done or said or written about, and you nailed it, 
I mean, that's something special. If it's something it's rare, you need, right? it's something everybody needs. Yeah, and there's times where it's like the thing that's so cool about stand-up comics is like a stand-up comic is like a Google like search tab. So, but they're gonna tell you the information through jokes. So it's like I've never been Jewish, I've never been Chinese, I've never been black, I've never been gay. Well, kind of. Uh, I was like, <laughs> all women go through the phase. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, you know, your twenties. We saved the last ten minutes for that. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about the gay. Uh, but... Will you hand me another Modelo for? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, but that's what's so cool about comedy is like you learn, you can learn everything through someone's sense of humor. So sometimes it's not even the stuff that you relate to. It's just like, oh, like I didn't know what it's like to be divorced two times right. and be a single woman of Chinese descent. And you're like, oh, wow. But then they're just telling you all this information through jokes. And you're like, that's the coolest way to learn. Right. Now, I Googled stand-up comedian and mm. Pat Keen didn't come up one time <laughs> why, 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 why is true that? at all I'm on a different <laughs> I'm on a different search engine all. I have a deal <laughs> I, <laughs> different search engine still yeah. on the dark web I, I'm with I'm with Amazon I, I don't know <laughs> him and Google how to follow yeah. 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 this whole thing what's that, your writing process um, I usually I I'll think of an idea and I'll jot it in my phone and then I'll literally just like try it on stage. So like I don't hammer it out where like I'm like the punchline is duh. like I don't do that, but I'll I'll work it out immediately and then I mean not the joke comes out perfectly immediately, but it's like I'll just say it immediately and just kind of try and find it like just saying it out loud. Some people they like write out three different punchlines. I usually don't write like that. It's I not my process. But. Granted, granted, big caveat here i'm not a writer nor do i read read <laughs> i don't bathe regularly yet. i've never bathe been with a woman <laughs> 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 wow yeah. but like i always find that the first that first one you get mm-hmm. i'd say 80 percent that's gold that first one when you're walking down the street and you have the same scenario you know a scenario just happened to you and mm-hmm. you didn't have a comeback so you're walking down the street and that next time you're thinking about that scenario and it comes out and that first punt you know mm-hmm. capper that you throw on it is usually so money by the time i've rehearsed six or eight of them before i called jared to tell him my joke um you know it's like they, they've just downgraded that first one just hits you so much you're like i can't believe i'm laughing out loud at this walking down the street I never knew Ryan Hatch had a writing process. <laughs> I didn't know that that's a thing. I don't even have a brain. I don't even have a filter. I don't know. What I mean. That's new. How did the dickle get so far away from me? That's what I want to know. Well, okay, well, what I really want to talk about now is drugs, um, specifically uh, psychedelics and how you've used them um, in your life, Monterey. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air about the fact that we had done um, kind of a deep dive on LSD. Uh, I think it was our second or third podcast and talked about how, you know, uh, Alguis Huxley and all these guys, they were all part of a big crew and they were all kind of sharing acid among themselves um, and experimenting on themselves um, in hopes of, um, of finding, uh, I think, a certain degree of enlightenment and um, trying to better understand, you know, the human condition. Pat just dropped another history fact. He, he drops well, one every time we're here. Do well, it. He drops one every time we're here. And it's like, I'm like, I don't even know how you know that. And what I'm a know? guy who knows random shit. Aldous Huxley, whom we were just speaking of, yeah. Uh, he and C.S. Lewis died the same day John F. Kennedy died, November 22, 1963. Aldous Huxley, C.S. Lewis, 
John F. Kennedy all died on the same day, the same year? Correct. Or the same day, different years? Same day, same year. Wow. November 22nd, 1963. So, so here's the thing is, we started talking, is this is this conspiracy? And then I, so my brain instantly goes to, okay, let's look for the... Oh, C.S. Lewis was part of the crew, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they probably they were absolutely, and they've all sure. done that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were sharing it. It was a, that's what I'm saying. It was like it was a thing, and they were sharing it. It was like, yeah. uh, no, it was the, well, not, it was the yeah. Brotherhood of, um, what's the Brotherhood of? Yeah, the, what's the, brotherhood, the brotherhood of Eternal the brotherhood, Love. The, basically, they opened all the uh, bookstores and things like that so that they could make money to give the LSD away because it was the way Earth was going to. Be okay. Yeah. So originally, these guys, the progenitors of the whole LSD movement, were were doing it not to make money, but to give it away. Yeah. I mean, they they literally were, were trying yeah, to turn they were, on people. the world. They yeah. were they were buying a VW van in Germany, driving it to Afghanistan, packing it full of hash, shipping it to the United States, so that they could sell that, so they could give away acid. You know what I I keep tr- I'm, I'm I'm going for your story, mm-hmm. Monterey. Yeah, I want to know about you, and I want to know because I think it's cool. So, as a guy that's done drugs mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot. <laughs> as you said, rehab three times. You're like, not a lot. Define <laughs> that. Yeah, but it's not Charlie Sheen. Dabbled. <laughs> um. You know, I haven't done a whole lot of psychedelics. Mm. And maybe, uh, you know, I think in the world of drugs, you know, people want to define them as like good and bad and blah, blah, blah. And and I think, you know, drugs are drugs. And if they work, more the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all about how you use them, right? Um, But recreational drugs aren't necessarily that transcendent. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like masturbating. Right. Really, it's having a good time. Yeah, psychedelics are something that you can really are kind of can be in like a religious experience, For right? Sure. Yeah. And as a guy that's not really that familiar with it, mm-hmm. um, I've dabbled. I've done a little LSD back in high school. You know, I've had I've done some shrooms. Um, I've never done ayahuasca or any like kind of the big ones that you like take if you're trying to get to like a emotional or psychological like plateau. Right. Um. Uh, so I'm interested in that yeah. because, uh, I know some people that have come through addiction, mm-hmm. have come through, uh, all sorts of PTSD, you know, PTSD, dark, you know, yeah. past mm-hmm. and, um, and found all sorts of relief yep. through psychedelics, microdosing with mushrooms, mm-hmm. uh, is a, is a very common one that I know among some of my friends, um, something I've, I've toyed with a little bit and yeah. had some success with mm-hmm. uh but um you know I've, I've you know lsd is one you know we did an entire episode on lsd and uh it's I, you know it, it I was about like, lsd or you guys were on lsd no we no, you know, it was about, it was about, about it. L- <laughs> because to your point pat i feel like lsd isn't like that you know there was a time where it was kind of like around yeah you know i don't feel like there's a ton of like lsd just like floating around these days but at the same time i know that psychedelics are making a comeback yeah so um anyway oregon just uh legalized mushrooms they did yeah they legalized mushrooms whereas all the other stuff they decriminalized but but they legalized mushrooms so there's there's something 
in the in the works. Maybe we'll go to Oregon. But what I maybe we'll do our a podcast in Oregon at some point. But mm-hmm. what I I want to talk about is why you use psychedelics and what you're after. Yep. Why you're doing them. Um. And I know it's and and, and yeah, maybe basically just that you know because yeah. I've listened to your podcast again. It's the sh- the shamic the shamic which yeah. is shamanic comic yeah part shaman part comic so the shamic yeah oh, and I so, really would appreciate if you would say shop person <laughs> that's yeah. funny Let's talk that's about funny it. You, yeah. you you what yeah. what kind of psychedelics do you I've so I didn't try psychedelics till this year till COVID so like I never tried any drugs because my dad was a drug addict so I was like nope so this year I had always same thing researched it so I was like I'm gonna do it so I tried mushrooms DMT and LSD this is super interesting to me yeah. because especially the fact that you just did it this year yeah Mm-hmm. I so you're brand March. new to the fold. Yeah, but I well, when you said you're like, oh, you can't do it once a week, I was like, you can because I did. I was like, you can't. Well, not once a week, but I definitely. So you went from not doing anything. Yep. Like never did coke. I mean, I I smoked pot, but like and again, coke's one of those ones. It's like, yeah. I mean, that's like that's again, it's that's like my dad was a huge cokehead, and people used to like bang on our door like, Fred, you owe us money. I was like, eh, there's no, you're not like, gonna get anywhere with yeah. coke. Yeah, and I was like, eh, it doesn't seem like I want to do that but is like, that a weird you keep looking at me weird no no no, no i was i was just thinking about what you said you can't get anywhere with coke and i i, I completely agree you stay in the same spot it's, it's just a circle you go get it and this is you know from you movies do it you from movies i've seen while you're doing from movies it. i've seen you 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 go get it you have a great time i just don't also want to you snore anything up my yeah. nose right. so I'm no, like, it doesn't because cute, you don't put like, anything up your neck like yeah. when you smoke a a, a a joint you've smoked cigarettes before when you drink alcohol you've drank liquid before yeah cocaine i mean you don't do puff a dip or whatever dip of stuff <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's, it's called very weird it's the first thing you ever put in <laughs> yeah. your nose and yeah. it's, it's just lethal drug yeah it's yeah. Very i think weird. i think p- parents that have kids with allergies and give them the they're just yeah. they're just, <laughs> ma- they're, just they're just making it worse right. But I was always around my dad who was on coke, and I'm like trying to ask him for homework help was <laughs> wrong idea. But so I was like just around. It's that tough guy. for math. Well, the first problems. thing you have to do is clean the toilet, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you go upstairs and change clothes. Why <laughs> there's and then, so many fucking zeros? It says and by the way, nobody's hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need dinner. What? Twenty-five divided by five. It doesn't matter. Can you define it by eight? <laughs> okay, yeah. so you can't. You're like drugs are gnarly. Yeah, like, I don't never want anything in- to do with those. Yeah, never was interested in it. And then, but because like I was always like meditating and stuff for the last like six years, I always knew about mushrooms and ayahuasca and DMT, uh, acid, and then. Um, uh, I'll bite. What what is ayahuasca? Wow. It sounds like a city in Wisconsin. Or a state that's one below or <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. the southwest of that. <laughs> Ayahuasca, is that on the is that near Morongo? Yeah. Ayahuasca is like an indigenous they make a brew out of it, so it grows off of a tree. And so they use the bark of a tree and they brew a tea. A brew? Yeah. Like witches. Exactly, like witches. But what people don't know about ayahuasca, that's why I tell people, I'm like, I wouldn't fuck with ayahuasca. People can't have amazing spiritual, uh, you know, dealings with it. But it's like, do acid, do shrooms first before you go to ayahuasca because it's very dangerous. You're going to a third world country usually, and there's not measurements on it. Like, okay, let's make sure all the ayahuasca patients, like, you know what I mean? It's not... People die all the time going to countries and trying ayahuasca. Also, sounds rad. Yeah, <laughs> why, why would anyone do that? Yeah, just do a bunch of acid. There's tons of. Measurements By the way, there's no like, measurements. I mean, go big. Go or go big home. or go home. I mean, or go six feet. Right, but at least with like 
the there's also like the history with ayahuasca where the whole entire reason the plant like the tree it was like some witch used like the baby's blood to grow it so it has like a lot of like demonic things like associated with it she's not in your family tree at all (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's also just like the history you don't know if that's you just like tribal history whatever but it's like i believe those people i'm like and if something's got devil demon energy on it i'm not fucking doing it um, so you you don't mess with a bunch of ayahuasca. No, I'll I won't try ayahuasca just because of that. And I know tons of people who have done it, and it's all the same story of like the giant serpent comes and they ask you like, what do you want? And then they're like, um, you know, I I want to be successful. And they're like, what are you willing to give for it? And it's like. And I always tell people, I'm like, everything works in, like, metaphors. So if you're a person who's, like, super religious and you believe in heaven and hell, then you're going to see your visuals, like, in terms of heaven and hell because that's what you grew up your whole entire life. If you're not religious whatsoever, you might see things in energy. If you're not, you know, into that stuff, you might just hear – like, everyone's spoken to differently once they're on the drug. It's relative. Yeah. So it's like you don't know what it's going to be for you, but it's like – I I don't like anything that's like creepy. Like if there's devil or whatever, like possession stuff. Like I don't like anything to do with that type of stuff. And so I'm why? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like why? It sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Joss is afraid of everything. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, understand. We don't, we, yeah. Well, it's, I, I I think it's kind of I think it's kind of like what we talked about last week when there's everybody is even has an even keel, and if you're gonna get something that's gonna makes your life really positive there's going to be a downside for sure you know there has to be balance someplace you have to pay the piper i love diet coke it's killing my liver right Right. but it's worth it you know i got a benefit here and that's years down the road yeah it's kind of like anything you know and i I think that's kind of there's a duality i mean that's literally the whole entire why we're here that's the big bang there was unity duality happened once you have duality you have separation once you have separation everything you know what i mean has opposition and once you have opposition you have life you know what i mean like positive negative masculine feminine light dark that's literally the existence of life is duality so it's like nothing is absolute good nothing is absolute bad it's just somewhere are we getting back to singularity or is that is that is that not i think that's if you go so singularity you go it's inevitable oh it's inevitable right i mean you, you have to you go so duality that you're singularity but when we go back to singularity, we'll where and when, like, for example, if we went back to singularity, like I'm 48 now, if we went back when I was 78, that'd be perfect for me. But if someone's <laughs> yeah. like 15 and about to go to high school, oh, yeah. like, yeah. Fuck, yeah. This. Fuck, like, fuck this. I don't you. need singularity now. I want yeah. the conflict that those people yeah, yeah, are yeah. actually. Yeah. Or do we have the shared consciousness? Do you, or do you, have, do you have the say in when that is? I mean, I mean that would Maybe, be yeah. fantastic. I think it's like about a, a walking 22. the line. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's about uh, the divine way. Like, if we're talking about Taoism. Oh, I thought it, you were talking about Jesus. We're talking about the yin and the yang, right? Yeah. We're talking about both extremes. What we want to do is walk the line. Right. We want to be right in between. We want to have that balance between chaos and creation. We want to have that, like, that, 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 we want to realize both. You want to stay at Shangri-La in Bangkok, but right. you also want to go to the red light district. Right. You want to have a good time. Wow. I mean, but you don't want to come a, home with AIDS. That's walking yeah, exactly, fine line. exactly. That's a fine line. I have a couple questions. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. What are you most depressed about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sad? After you've started using hallucinogenics and yeah. transforming, it sounds like you're transforming yourself. Yeah. Well, right? yeah. 
Uh, Jeremy brought up a great point of walking that that line. Yeah. You know, now I've met some people who've, who've done acid of a bunch LSD, and I've fi- I literally not fi- I've literally seen them change. Absolutely. Um, after years of doing that. Right. You know, are you af- a Are you afraid of that at all? Where is your fine line? Mm-hmm. And. Are you happy with your experiences in the last, what, eight months since COVID started? Like, do you feel like, A, a better person, better comic, better person? Yeah. What's like the most positive aspects of, of I doing think, it? I think psychedelics are, it's like a microwave. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a microwave for therapy. You could go to therapy for 12 years and like finally heal, or you could do psychedelics a few times and be like, that would have took me so much longer to do in therapy so i don't think psychedelics is something to constantly do your whole entire life because then you're going to start probably like you know frying your brain cells but i do think if you do it as a therapy or as like a spiritual like awakening thing then it's super good for you but i do think at some point you do have to cut it off because that's why you see people like homeless like outside in la because maybe a little too much drugs um, I think it's it, like sampling the good things in life. You know, if you're eating the rich foods, you're going to build plaque. And you're going to build mental plaque from doing psychedelics, too. And too much plaque gives you gingivitis of the brain, man. And you don't want that. Yeah. You don't want gingivitis of the brain. I only have it of the teeth. Yeah. So I, halitosis. I, I definitely have that. So wait, is there a game plan? Yeah, I mean, for me, I actually got recommended psychedelics from a therapist. So I didn't start going to therapy until this year, too. Hey, Jerry, you got to change uh, doctors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to have to yeah, change I mean, numbers yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, but he was like, you know, have you ever tried psychedelics? And I was like, no. And like, I had, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to try it. And it just like felt right. And I'm a firm believer that if something feels right, go for it because it means that it is right. Uh, and so when I did it, I had a super, sp- I mean, every single time I've done it, I've had a very spiritual, profound, insightful uh, experience where I'm like receiving information, like through doing acid, where it's like I'm being spoken to. And Okay, I'm so now let's talk about the little green beings that came <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I first did psychedelics, I literally started seeing a little bit of visuals. And then I heard like it's a it's like a voice, but it's not physically like loud. It's like they're telepathically communicating with me. And they literally said to me, and they're like, are you alone? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, OK, we didn't know you're going to be alone. They're like, all right, we're going to guide you through this process. Just stay calm and we'll guide you through this. And I was like, what? And like, again, I've never tried a real drug in my life or anything. Never hallucinated. What a profound experience for your very first time. I mean, holy it was. Shit. Yeah, and I was at home by myself, and it was literally right during the pro, right during the protest. So like everything was going crazy and chaotic, and I was like, I'm just doing acid in my bedroom yeah. by myself. <laughs> like, ho- ho- hopefully without the news me. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And they. I, I love just. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I'm, yeah, just, I'm, just, here I'm just. I've doing done two this. tabs. I mean, no biggie. Yeah, yeah. but. They, they started speaking and they just started talking about, basically they were telling me like how to help others do it too. Where they're like, okay, you have to tell people like the first thing they need, they need to do is they need to start thinking. Because when you start thinking, that's when you actually try things in life. You have to think before you can heal. And then once you heal, you learn to love. And once you love, you learn to help other people and you transform society. I have to tell you that is such an interesting thing because that is, that is the universal message. Yeah. When when these this this uh, show I'm talking about the uh, 
sunshine, the, whatever. Well, I'll figure it out. Orange, yeah. Whatever. Orange, orange, orange sunshine. sunshine. Orange the, the, same thing. Yeah. The the very first time that guy took it, yeah. his overwhelming uh, compulsion after that was to share it share. with the world. Yeah. Was turn on the world. Yeah. And and that's what that's what I was talking about. There there. They built an entire web yeah. in Canada, the Middle East, yeah. uh, United States, obviously, and they were, and they were, but they were giving out acid because literally they just Want the, the, the first voice they heard, yeah. the very first time he took it, yeah. he went running down the street home to his wife to tell her that he had heard this voice right. that told him that he needed to share it with everybody. Yeah. And I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah. And if you go back and you listen to the podcast that we did about LSD, which is like number three, yeah. uh, those scientists, the very first guys, the guys that invented it, right. their, their initial impulse was to share it with everybody. Yeah. Let's get this stuff out to everybody. Right. It'll save humanity. For sure. And that's just very interesting to me that that's the very first voice that you heard when yeah. you took it the well, first time. Well, because people don't realize that it's like people think that when you do drugs, you're hallucinating. But really, all acid or shrooms does is so it's like our brains are naturally on frequencies. If you ever get an EKG done, you've seen like the like little monitors just, you know, it's electrical going, impulse. Yeah, electrical impulse. Um and so your brain has that too. So they're just all chaotic. So they're just going like this. When you do acid or when you do shrooms, it just gets your those frequencies to calm down and to process information better and to receive information and to put out information. So that's all acid does is it's like you aren't hallucinating. You aren't seeing things that aren't there. Your brain is just expanding to where you're actually taking in your environment into an actual phase that it's at. So like you're seeing everything at like a subatomic level. So you've never had a bad trip? Like no. you haven't woken up like with a San Diego chicken outfit on, like in Corona. Like the best dog. mascot ever. The best, the best mascot ever. ever. I always go to him because it's the best yeah. one ever. They told me the but other like, thing too is so many people do it when they're young. So it's like you're not you're not at the age where you're gonna have a spiritual experience. That's a great point. Yeah, because you're not you're just not well, there yet. You're supposed to do um, acid for healing and for revelation. You have to have context. Yeah. A, man, a man's brain's not even developed. finished developed until he's twenty. I think you need the context. Your right. brain needs that that context and well, all the the input to sure. give you the output or if for it has sure. nothing if you give it acid to a baby it's got nothing to work with no, right. it, it doesn't even know what the bounds of creativity are at right. that point Most you need to have experience have, to yeah that have bad trips they take in way too much they're way too young they're on other drugs as well they're in bad environments or they have a medication so it's like there are times where people badly trip but it's like if you're doing it in a healthy sense at the right age like you're not on medication you're not on other drugs it's like you're gonna have a really good experience i mean and the argument is you bring a an emotional burden into a trip and you have an emotional experience that right. some people might like contextualize as a bad trip For that's sure. not necessarily necessarily a bad, bad. trip right. like you're dealing and what a lot of the original psychologists loved about acid is that it put you in this infantile state right. where you were able to deal with these like huge emotional burdens right in like in a, in a moment and, not and then and not exactly right and i've done one time i did an eighth of shrooms in the desert and i technically had a bad trip but <laughs> it sounds ended like up... a great story <laughs> yeah no matter how you finish it right but it was like 
it was really scary to where it was like nothing when i did shrooms like shrooms and acid are very different to me in the sense of like shrooms like you could go to cartoon land like nothing will be it's recognizable. not the same at all yeah it'll be it, physically it's so different and you can really trip to where you're like okay this is so uncomfortable but because i was so uncomfortable they taught me like my fear they were like hey you're so scared to not be in control because your whole life you were really abused and hurt when you weren't in control so that's why you can't handle this drug right now because you're not in control and I was like, oh, God, they're like, you have to let go. You have to let go. I was like, I can't. I can't. And then, like, finally I did it. And it was still sk- – it was, like, four hours of me, like, getting myself to be comfortable. But when I did it, I, like, finally saw, like, just a lot of, like, just magic and happiness and just, like, a joyfulness. And they're like, yes, like, you've never experienced, like, pure safety and joy before. Ever uh, – did you ever see Pat Keen, like, playing a harp? Like, on a cloud? <laughs> He's rollerblading. He's rollerblading. On the drive down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All of, rollerblading. Yeah, olive oil and who doesn't keep a harp in the backseat? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I mean, because it, it can be a very, you know, bumpy road. Yeah. Um. So obviously you had some cool people that kind of like introduced you to it. Yeah. You I mean, to, that that's a big part of it. For sure. I did it by myself the first few times because I was like, I, I that's how paranoid I am. I was like, I'd rather be by myself because wow. I know I can take care of myself. And so, uh, but then the second time when I did the shrooms, I, I was like with other people, but I always tell people you should be by yourself because if you start talking and getting conversations, cause acid will make you like, you're going to want to talk about all these things you never talked about. You're way more open. You want to confront things that you've never done before, but then you're not going to have that spiritual experience where it's just you and them, like, you know, them just, pumping information. If you really want to have it, if yeah. you want to go there, if you want to go all the way there. Yeah. You take and eat the mushrooms and you go into a sensory deprivation chamber and you have that. You have that. You have a couple five hour moment with yourself. Yeah. And you come out the other end and you're probably a much better person. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not admitting to anything, but um, I find like I've always found comfort in um, like, like I don't know that I could do that. Like as far as the alone, I've always found that and by the way, when I say I've always found it's, uh, you know, someone can be there, just yeah. like not. In I, I, need, room. I, I like a, I like a guide. I like, I like to know that one of my close friends has been there, has done that, right. has seen that. It, it's a, it's a comfort. For yeah, sure. it's a comfort. I understand why you would want to do it yourself because I mean, you could probably do a lot of what I could assume would be your experience is something that's deeply tied to your experience with your people. You know that, so it's like I. I feel like it would being alone would be great, but it'd also be terrifying because like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to be. Like I always took comfort in knowing there was someone there that's done this before and all that, but for sure. I think like being, you could have people with you, but like not, they could be yeah. in a separate room or something, yeah. you know? Cause it's like, you want to on the roof versus the living room. Yeah. You want to have that. Spiritual ours happen. Experience. Have you found your writing's been different since no i haven't found my writing's been different but i do agree where it's like i feel like i've become a better and i've never was like a bad person but i think that i would hold a lot of stuff in like i'm very forward and i can talk like my stand-up hasn't changed but i think just me dealing being like oh i was neglected oh i have trauma like oh i was 
right like I wasn't comfortable just being like this happened and it's bad I would always just have to make jokes about it and I thought because I had jokes about it that that meant that I was fine okay, because yeah. I'm have jokes but I was like oh no like I need to release this and what I noticed is I a lot of my back pain went away hmm. a lot of like uh just a lot of tension in my body the guy I was dating was like you feel like lighter you feel more affectionate you feel stuck because it's just a physical release like my chiropractor yeah. was like Oh, he's like, your back Did is... Did you do something new? Yeah, he literally <laughs> was so like... so cool. Is yeah. that Folger's crystals? <laughs> but it's but it's true because people don't realize, like, at the end of the day... You carry a lot yeah, in your muscles. Just absolutely. emotional weight. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're literally just molecules vibrating mm-hmm. around. Like, if you took a microscope, we're just molecules vibrating around. And when your molecules, when they get into chaos, they they form disease, they form pain, they form blockages, and it's like... That happens on every level, energetically, emotionally, mentally, like your thoughts and your like ideas of love and safety, your body, how you carry your pain affects your shoulders, affects your posture, your energy, like your desire to like get up in the morning and start the day. Like I went through bouts of depression where it's like I just could not get out of bed and I was just so used to it where I was like yeah I'm just in one of my depressed phases but I'm like that's not normal and when you do healing whether it's therapy or whether it's you know psychedelics it's like there is a release mentally physically emotionally energetically well i mean i can tell you i with not a lot of depression there's many days i haven't gotten out of bed yeah so you don't technically (laughs) yeah you don't have to have depression i mean i I don't have to get out of bed yeah no because he's got mash on a big screen tv right there and a comfy bed yeah he's got nick at night Nick at night. Nick at night. What's on Nick at night now? Mash. Oh, Mash. That's all he cares about. I think he's asking for an intervention. Sanford and Sons. uh, A little love boat. I'm a huge love boat. Different strokes. Different strokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, silver spoons. Boom. I don't know that one. Different strokes on the episode. You don't know silver spoons. No. I'm sorry. Ricky Stratton. No. Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> Ricky Stratton was his name on the show. Yeah, Ricky Schroeder. I saw Rick. Was Schroeder. Schroeder was his I thought Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman was the jerk friend. I saw Rick Schroeder at his bottom, and but let's Be rephrase careful. that. <laughs> at the last lower week, level of his last week when he financed that. Yeah, little exactly. Frick. Okay, so maybe not his bottom. Um, I saw Rick Schroeder at maybe his low. Get out of a center seat on Reno Air, which doesn't exist anymore, for an old lady. He gave up his seat? Yeah. Because he's a fucking gentleman. <laughs> he's a gentleman. <laughs> what's next for you? What's the What's the goal? I mean, what's my big goal, obviously, is to, you know, be a touring headliner. And I want to sell my own. I want to s- star, write, direct my own HBO television show because I'm selfish. Um but yeah, I mean, I want to be. I was like, I don't know if I can say Louis C.K. now because people are like, oh, he masturbated. Uh, but uh, I, I want to be like the female Louis C.K. Like, yeah. I love being able to uh, write and create my own stories, like based on my life. And uh, and yeah, I want to write books. Like, I want to, I want to do the whole thing. Would that show be like a sketch comedy deal, like a Chappelle? Like, would you do skits about your life? Would you do you want to do like it a, would be more, an hour HBO stand up? No, it would be like, have you ever seen the show Louis? Like the mm-hmm. actual show oh, on yeah. FX. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like that, but it would be like that combined with um, 
sex in the city but not based about love instead of chasing love she's chasing happiness so the show is called solve for happiness where it's like each season is like her trying to get to a state of where she's actually happy through different like one year it's like the focus on therapy one year it's a focus on meditation one year it's a focus on healthy relationships one year it's a focus on career oh is she chasing love and not happiness in that (laughs) i mean to me (laughs) because she's chasing did you read uh the four agreements or some of those other things uh i mean i know of the book Yeah. yeah And then there's another one. Is it The Art of Happiness? Or there's something else that he writes. Anyway. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that was my whole goal because I feel like so many like women's stories are about like how to find the man. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck, you know? And maybe that's also because I'm a woman and it's like men are always trying to fuck me, so I don't care. But I was that, you know? (laughs) So it's like I don't have to worry about men. It's kind of our thing. (laughs) Uh, so for me i was like my whole life as i battled how to get happy and so i want to make a show where it's like someone's focusing on how to get happy not how to find love or not how to find the perfect career it's like how do i just be happy no matter who i'm with or what job i have or where i live like how do i just be happy any correlation with happiness to love i think pat kind of touched on it can you be happy without having any love i think you can but i think love in its pure essence like isn't necessarily between a relationship love is like something that exists whether you have people or not like you have to love yourself you have to love your past you have to love you know your choices you have to love your circumstances like you have to actually have love in order to reach a point of happiness you know what i mean you can't be full of hate and full of regret and full of resentment and think that you're going to be happy you it's know? a serial killer with a billion dollars just <laughs> giggling and crying at the same time <laughs> like, no i mean that's a great point so somebody that you know comes has like the dark past that you you have yeah you know that you've touched on um to be able to 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 come to, to happiness from that, yeah. you know, it would be very easy to submit to to the darkness, right? right? Oh, for and sure. to give into that and to, to kind of claim that as like, this is my life. Right. Like I was subjected to this and so this is what makes me me, right? right. And to be able to rise beyond that is, first of all, a testament to your, your strength. Oh, thank you. And um, and what makes you you, you know, for sure. And and we've tried to talk about that on this show is like we're dealt these cards in our life. Right. Yeah. We had a, a, a guy on a couple weeks ago that has um, a debilitating disease mm. and he uh, has, you know, been able to rise above it and manifest himself in, in a way that's incredible. He's got right. world records. And, wow. And um and so uh, we, you know, and back to my point a little earlier is we're all living the human condition. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, life is tough. Yeah. Um, and whatever we're dealt, we, 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 we have to deal with, we either submit or we rise above. Yeah. And, um, and you've done a very, very fantastic job of rising above um, something, you know, a, a childhood that maybe, you know, some people can't ever get beyond. Right. And um, and not only have you rise, risen above it, but you're you're creating uh, happiness yeah. in a lot of people's worlds, um, which is incredible because that's what it's all about is being able to, you know, have like these dark moments in our lives and being able to rise above them and cre- not only rise above them, but create light out of them. Right. And um, so that's that's awesome. Um, 
And, you know, regardless of however you found that path, whether it was like, you know, uh, psychedelics or spirituality, which I know you've dabbled, you know, in both. For sure. Because um, it's very easy for people to be like, oh, you know, um, you know, drugs, you know, oh, they're a hippie and they're like, oh, love and happiness and blah, 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 you know, but it's yeah. not about that. Right. Right. You know, sometimes we use a chemical stimuli to, to transcend, but it's not about that. It's about the transcendence. For sure. Or, or connecting. Yeah. Or, or, or connecting. connecting. Yeah. yeah. And I know that you do that for through sure. meditation as well. Maybe yeah. maybe in a way more profoundly than you do with, with, with drugs. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they're all just different vessels. That's what people don't understand where it's like, so if I told everybody right now, like, okay, get to the Irvine Improv or, you know, Irvine Spectrum, whatever it's called, it's like everybody could take a different way. Some people are going to take the five. Some people are going to take the 405. Some people are going to take the roads. It's like there's a different way to get there. So it's like psychedelics is a vessel. Meditation is a vessel. Therapy is a vessel. Uh, you know, loving what you do as work is a ve- that's all vessels to get you to be like, how do I reach a point in my life where I actually like being here? I actually like being alive and it's not a pain in the ass so whatever your vessel is do it and don't expect everybody to have the same vessel as you do that works for you because it's not it's not a one-size-fits-all for everyone but if that's you're, it yeah that's it i mean i could have said any better i mean that's it yeah very cool Thank he'll, you so much. He'll edit where he does say this. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that, that, that's it. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Um, where can people find her? Where where can people find uh, you? I'm on Instagram. So Monterey, M, M-O-N-A-R-E-Y-M. Uh, and then I do have a podcast called The Shamic. And can you I, spell it for yeah. dumb listeners? S-H-A-M-I-C. And then I also uh, created me and my uh, one of my comic friends. We do a fake online magazine. It's called Mox. Um, it's basically like a satirical magazine where we have like articles and like fake interviews and like we do like astrology and like advice. Um, we only have one issue out, but we're literally putting out the second issue like within a few weeks. But yeah, just a little fun thing that we do, and that's called Mox. If I didn't say that, Mox magazine. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Shows upcoming. Um, I know with COVID, it's weird. I'm doing a show actually with Steve Byrne in at the uh, Arlington Improv. Um, I'm doing that December 10th through 12th, and then is it Addison or Arlington? Is oh, it? Oh, is it? Was it the Addison? Damn it! Well, either way, yeah. they're right there. They're right. Addison, Arlington, and Dallas. Oh, yeah. Dallas yeah. are right there. I think it's Addison, actually. Yeah, the Addison Improv. Um, And then I... What date? What date? uh, The 10th through the 12th. December 10th through the 12th. And then I might be doing another show in Vegas on the 29th, but I'm not sure of the venue yet because I haven't been confirmed yet. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much... Anything going on on Christmas in Dallas? I'll be there. You're going to be there in Dallas? Yeah, on Christmas. She's going to be there a week before? Okay. Uh, What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, Flying to Belize, but... uh, just, oh, I gotta, okay. I gotta stay over. Yeah, you know, believe super. Yeah, How about you, yeah, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Super. Bougie. Shows coming up. Sorry. What do you got to plug? Tell me about it. I, I know got you, nothing, man. Got, I got. You got the. You got. You got a podcast. I got a podcast called Keen on Things, which Loving is thirty it. minutes a week, and it's just me rambling into my computer. I love it. it. And then yeah, and then two and it's two. It's really flow. good. Sports based. Yeah. Dude, it's like yeah. Every, there's a lot of sports in it. Yeah. Every time he comes in here, I've like, got to be honest. I've listened to one. Perfect. Wow. And it was about. In, in the and it was when the Dodgers. Hundred percent. Oh, uh, you're the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you one that what? was listening. But, but, but 
I plan no. on listening more. No, Shit. don't worry about I really it. So, one yeah. is more than anyway. We, we talked about it earlier, yeah. and uh, we, I, it was probably off mic, but he drops the most amazing facts every you know. So both times he's been in, and then even on the five years ago show, random conversation just will drop facts in there that are. Phenomenal. He has the best information. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder. I wonder what I'm that a, is. I'm no, a Pat Keen is our favorite guest I'm a of all time. Oh, that's great. I'm a, sure. I'm a useless knowledge person. Like I got a lot of useless knowledge. I recognize, you know. But I mean, that stuff's like historic, and my my, my knowledge is not historic or anything good. Yours is historic, and oh, it's well, probably Jesus. true. Even yeah. oh, thanks, guys. Thanks. I, I gotta say, Moana. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. I've been called Malibu, no. Montana, Moana. Monterey. Yeah. Listen, Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've known Pat. Mm-hmm. I've known you Pat. You guys went to high school since together. we were 14 and 15 years old. That's insane. And to see what he's done with his career, we Hell we yeah. love him not only as a friend but he's very he's impressive. Very disappointing. He's really let us down. Yeah. No, he, as, as, no, he's, he's so great. I never would think someone from like Orange County and an older white man, and that's you know I, I've definitely <laughs> fell into that thing like oh this guy's gonna be a piece of shit, but he's honestly one older of the, like, white man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Older, no, older, older no, white. no, older than me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm no, he is an no, older white. No, man. no, I'm an older than me. A trivia question: Is the wheel or Pat Keen older? <laughs> I'm like, um, my bits yeah. my bits are somehow older than me somehow the jokes came first no but he's such funny. a like cool funny like and down like one of the most like best men normally no offense aren't good listeners like he's such a good listener and he's so yeah. curious about other people and he's like always like wanting to like learn about other people and he's like so selfless and i'm like who made you because like yeah. i don't know i know a lot of people from orange county and they're you know they're just unaware and selfish and just douchey yeah no. douchey. yeah <laughs> come so on i was like he's from orange county and and but yeah you're you're one of the coolest guys for hey, sure thank, wow thanks everybody is this a, a meeting now is yeah, it an intervention yeah. I don't know. let's and all talk about sad. what we love yeah. about pat and, <laughs> and pat this all comes from a place of love but we have a truck outside. <laughs> We're concerned for you. And a vest. Perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. What a, what a great way to go out. If that were the... <laughs> Rubberized room. What's overlooked is a positive. You know? Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, uh, hey, I know it took a lot for you guys to get down here. You no. drove all the way down from L.A. I know this is your kind of like hometown though yeah it's my home away from home are you so catching you an 11 o'clock uh show yeah, yeah i mean when she moved from buffalo she moved to Aliso viejo yeah i lived in orange this was where years. she landed. i know yeah we talked about it before we it's went on so the air close. it's Alicia so funny, viejo, like, oh i like the picture that she got off the bus on like hollywood like boulevard jamboree yeah she got off the bus on <laughs> i lived off jamboree off robinson in irvine yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right by that. What is it called? Like the marketplace? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I lived right there. I've gotten lost in those communities many of times. (laughs) Did you plug? Uh, Yeah, we did the podcast Keen on Things and then the album Two and Two Be Foe, which is uh, an album that's streaming on all the uh, platforms. Ooh, nice. Thank you guys so much for being here. What a fun night. So nice to meet you. Yeah, super nice to meet you. Monterey, you're a blast and uh, you're very, very talented. And sincerely, I wish you every. Best of luck. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I honestly, great. I didn't know what we were going to get. 
like you know Pat's like I'm bringing down this comic and I'm like oh a funny person yeah you could I have been know, lame I, I didn't know <laughs> we were gonna get a really awesome so intelligent lame. conversation out of you yeah. so oh, um, you. it was awesome thank you so much yeah, I really appreciate it thank you it. so much for having me this was super fun and thank you for feeding me too well it was our pleasure um, thank you very much Pat for, for coming once again and, and being a repeat guest um, you're welcome to come back anytime you want um, alone or with friends uh, we, we love having you as a guest and uh, thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. This is all for you, so thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Bye.